Hey, so a lot of people know me as a marketing person or yoga sex rock out, the best yoga teacher in the world, or Instagram sexiest man. Mostly a marketing person, though. And it's for good reason. My marketing content is shit. But truthfully, I'm actually more interested in the reasons why we have marketing problems to begin with. Because more often than not, it's more of an internal issue about confidence or self-consciousness or fear of being exposed or whatever other bullshit is getting in your way. Because otherwise, you'd be expressing yourself so freely that people would just be magnetically attracted to you and there would be no marketing issue whatsoever. So I use marketing tactics as a way to attack these issues without sounding like a self-help person because that's the last thing I want to do. And in this episode, it's a conversation I had with my buddy Nelson Quadras from the Daily Practice Podcast. And it's focused primarily on how we have used and how you can use both random talking video and podcasting as tools to get over the bullshit that's been preventing you from doing what you want to be doing. And no matter how hard I tried to edit his voice to sound less sexy than mine, I just couldn't figure it out. So... You just get the full Monty. In addition to the random talking video stuff, we also talk about how to use social media to get out of a funk or some depressive state, which is a little bit counterintuitive because most people are out here telling us that it's social media that's causing our depression. We talk about things to think about before starting a podcast, the power of oversimplification for building influence. And he's had a really awesome team of guests on his show. So I asked him for the top three things that he's learned from all of them. And he ended up giving us four. And we're going to get into that in a moment here. But before we do, we're trying something new with this episode. And I'm not even sure what to call this little segment yet, but it's the first one. And I bring on Cassidy, who is the director of marketing and shenanigans here at Unusually Focused. And we're going to do, this is the first one, but we're going to try to do little mini segments about different tools and strategies and tactics that you can use like right now and just try to cover it in two to three minutes. Sometimes they'll be relevant to the episode, which this one is. Sometimes they may be something completely different. But uh, we'll start with that. And then as soon as that's over, we'll get into the conversation with Nelson. I hope you enjoy it. And please, if you have not yet left a review or other podcasty things, share it, whatever the hell, please do one of those things and buy my shit, buy Nelson's shit, check out his podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Have fun. Later. All right, so we're going to try something new. In our editing process for this podcast, Cass ends up listening to the recording before it goes out for final editing and stuff. And then she always has ideas for things that we could have talked about, different tools that we have or action steps we can take and strategies we can use. And she's got some for this episode. So I'm going to let Cassidy take it away. Cool. Thanks. So in this episode, you guys talked a lot about how the internet affects other aspects of our lives, like our work and our mental health. So I wanted to throw out a reminder, or maybe even a challenge to be more, I guess, dare I say mindful about how we're using social media and other distracting websites, and also give a little tip on how to do that if that's something listeners are struggling with. That's cool to me. So plan specific times to completely avoid distractions. And it can be when you're working or maybe even just during your alone time or when you're spending time with friends. And if you're someone who's really disciplined, you can just kind of avoid those apps and websites during the times that you chose to avoid them. But if you're like a ravaging out of control social media addict like me, then you might want to try Freedom. Freedom's an app that blocks distracting websites and apps so that you can get stuff done. So you can get really specific about what times you want to block these apps. And then you can even get really specific about what apps you want to block during those times. 
Yeah, and it works across. I, I, I've been using Freedom for a long time, and you basically it, it, it essentially does what Cassidy said, and it, you can run it on both your phone and your computer. And if you start a Freedom session on your computer, it also syncs to the phone, so it, it blocks you from whatever you defined as things that should be blocked from all of your devices while the session is running. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. There's the one flaw that I did. I'm doing the trial right now. The one flaw I did find is that you cannot block the Facebook or Instagram app. Yeah, you used to be able to do that. iOS recently changed where they are now they are blocking app blockers. So it only will block it in the web browser on the phone. And one of the things that I'll do is just like delete the fucking apps. I just kill them off my phone. I know Cassidy has another way of yeah, I'll put them in a folder that, and I'll on my iPhone. I'll put all of the apps: Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Reddit, all of that stuff in a folder, and I'll title the folder "Forbidden." Yeah, it's and a really I, good idea. I can't that's a really, get yep. to those apps without getting through that thought first. That's like this is forbidden. <laughs> Yeah. And, mo- and most of the problems with social media, we talk about it in this episode, stem from not creating and publishing, but from scrolling and consuming. So I think anything you can do to get in front of your mindless opening and scrolling of social media apps can be a effective way to get more shit done and feel better about your situation. For sure. Cool. Well, thanks, Cass. That was dope. So yeah, check out Freedom. You know, I don't fucking know how to tell you to find it. Just Google shit. Freedom blocking apps or something. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Cass. Yep. So cool. I am here with Nelson. And before we started, I just wanted to double check on the pronunciation of his last name. And I was like, it's Nelson Quadris, right? And then yep. he's like, yeah, dude, that's like the fucking Chicago white boy way of saying it. How should it be pronounced? If you want to get it, I guess, technically right, you're Hispanic or something, it's Quadras. Quadras. Like, you got you to gotta like put that much thank on it every time. I like to do that, you know, just give a little extra. How do you say Nelson then? Nelson. Oh, right. <laughs> right. On. That's a lot. How do I compete with that? You know, it's like a bit if, much. Re, re, I don't know. Ryan or Rico is, it's, you know, it's very like good stage name, I feel. I've Nelson Quadras, hated... not so much. No, man. Well, if you say it like, well, if you say it like that, it's not that cool. But if you say it like you say it, it's way cooler. I've always hated my name, actually, like until I realized that Rye can be used in a whole shitload of different ways. <laughs> I, I, I kind of hated my name, you know, Ryantology, Ryantist, mm-hmm. Ryology. So, so all, all, it gives me a lot of options now, but that was always a weird thing for me. But yeah, so now I'm cool with, I'm cool with my name. So I, I wanted to bring Nelson on because I think he's interesting. Well, for one thing I want to say too, is that if you had not ever posted random like talking videos of you, you know, if I just look at mm-hmm. like sort of the rest of your content, you do a lot of cool handstands and cool arm balancing shit. The only reason that like I was able to like discover that you were an interesting person was because you were posting talking videos. You know, like mm-hmm. if I just think about my experience with finding a person who I'm now interested enough in to ask them to come on my podcast and talk to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's a cool thing. I found you through that random talking video world. I, I can't remember exactly who it was that like brought you into the into the mix or how it came up. Mm-hmm. But I've I've seen some of your posts about your experience with random talking video. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. And I like how you brought up that you wouldn't have really found me because I do look back on my profile 
And there were, it's almost a very, if you, if someone goes and looks at my profile, I invite them to do this. It's a very confused profile because at points I started this thing called the movement challenge and I was talking to the camera and basically inviting the audience to try something out with me, something, a quick task, movement based. And I got a lot of good feedback on those. I got a lot of comments, pretty good views. That's when my account kind of had some little exponential growth. And then I stopped doing that at some point. I got to like a hundred and something. I did it with a buddy of mine. We would each do a different day. And I just stopped doing it. And then I started trying to get into the pretty picture game because these were just taken on my phone in you know, not well-lit room. And then I got into pretty pictures and thought that would be a thing. And then I started using like... I started creating like quotes on backgrounds of the person who I was quoted, like a photo of them. And I found a like fun little creative ways to create what I imagined to be a good Instagram profile. I still had like people checking me out, some growth. I had some like nice photos taken. They got some love, did some handstand videos. But then I started kind of noticing I got a lot less comments and the growth really started to stall out. I found your account through maybe it was Carl Pauli or Devin. I forgot exactly who turned Devin. out to you. Maybe I'm yeah, Devin. maybe Devin yeah, or yeah. even uh, Chris, right. yeah, Ruffalo. There's a few people who I'd seen posting your stuff, like reposting, and uh, I just something about you clicked with me because I, I saw this like person who doesn't really give a fuck and is is pushing the envelope, posting constantly appears to be making some sort of living off it. And I'm like, I'm not making any money off of this. And most of the people I see playing the same game that I was playing, doing the pretty pictures, the quotes, they're not making any money either. The The random talking videos seemed like a great way to just introduce myself and be more of myself with my audience. And, and that's kind of where... I forgot who was doing it, but it, it just... It made so much sense to me. Yeah, this is the point of it. And even the way you presented yourself, I'm like, this guy kind of reminds me of like Howard Stern or something like that. But with the marketing of Seth Godin, and it's funny because you've used these examples before, <laughs> that really attracted me because I kind of at the same time of random talking video, my buddy Chris looped me in with Carl and then Carl really got me motivated and kind of pushed me towards starting the podcast, the daily practice that I'm doing. And the two together really became this one-two punch of helping me feel more comfortable in myself and my voice. And then I started kind of not caring so much about the pretty pictures anymore. And then a lot of... I started doing a lot more of the random talking videos and getting a lot more involvement. People just talking with me, you know, on different ideas and... And I, I noticed this followers start to drop off too, which is a, a funny kind of symptom of starting these talking videos. And I, and I get it. It's a benefit too though, man. Like, right. It's in, a, in, in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And the way that you present it, I haven't been able to actually monetize what I do or make money in this way. But I do see the long-term benefits of doing this. And I also understand why people drop off. Like they do come to this platform to see the pretty pictures. Maybe they had a certain idea of what I do. I get it. So where I'm at now is is kind of trying to blend the two. But if if we're just talking about purely random talking videos, between a random talking video and starting a podcast, there has been nothing that has been more powerful and 
it just the best learning experience for learning how to just be myself and learn what I'm about on a daily basis. Like it, it, the random talking videos are great because I think when people first start, they they shoot one and then they gotta delete that. But that's the whole point. You just kind of go. You don't. Yeah. And and then after time, you start to realize, well, it, you just shoot one, sixty seconds, you're done. Boom, you put it up. And maybe it's sloppy, maybe it's not. But you gotta you kind of gotta live with it. The podcast yeah. is nice. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, dude. I was gonna. I was gonna just. I wanted to comment on both the, the random talking video and the podcast. But I think the cool thing about because I've I've had the same experience. Like the podcast is still pretty new to me, but I can already feel and and the audience isn't massive yet. It's like, it's it's not it's not bad, mm-hmm. but like I can already feel my sort of willingness to just talk for longer. Whereas random and and continue to you know share it even though I don't like a lot of times I'm like man this podcast is shit like I just like start to like when I'm listening to mm-hmm. it or editing it I start to feel like they heard this or fucking you know it's like the same shtick or whatever and then I still get great comments on all of them so like just getting that feedback from those has helped me with that but the random talking video initially was just even just I think it sort of gave me the validation I needed to, to do Instagram my own way where I think a lot of it was just getting over or getting some response to something that's totally not like what everyone else is using it for was mm-hmm. really helpful. It's just like open the, open the, uh, flood gates a little bit, you know? So yeah, man, I've, I've had a, a really similar experience with both of those things. And, and I, and I always like to say too, cause a lot of times people, that I talk to because I sort of find them through random talking video, you know, there's, there's a lot of really like life changing sounding language surrounding it, you know? And and it's funny to me sometimes I had that, like I genuinely had that experience, but it's also like, if I heard people saying that, I would be like, man, some bullshit, shut the fuck up, you know? (laughs) But uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that. So anyways, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to. No, stop your train. Yeah. I'm happy that you brought that up. Like it sounds like bullshit. I, I've felt that way before. Like even the stuff I've put out, I look back or I even think of a random talking video, and sometimes I get disenchanted about the whole thing. I think, ah, oh, this is such like what the fuck is this? Is anyone really watching? Like, what is the importance of this this piece of whatever I put out here? And but if I look back at it and think of and I it's nice to look at my profile when I started off and thinking to myself, dude, you had it. Like you had the thing going. And then you, anyone could look at it and use it as an example. Like I had the thing going, it was working. I was connecting with an audience. People were asking me for more of these videos. And then I went towards the status, like the stat, I just went towards the norm. I went to pretty pictures and quotes. How many accounts have that? I did that and it fucking doesn't work. Like it, it is so disingenuous, and I think <laughs> totally. a lot of people dropped off after that, and and they just there's been something I've had to to come to terms with. Like, yeah, you you fucked up in that in that time, but now finding your stuff was just it was just meant to be. It's like, oh, this is how you get back into this building an authentic audience. People get in to know you. It's as if you're creating a legacy on this platform, and it's it is taking the platform seriously. Like. If you're on it, why are you on it? Is it is it to journal and just simply be a journal? Then why is your profile public? Because otherwise, why not make it private and just have your friends check out your stuff and, and keep it to yourself like a little blog? Cool. But if you decide to make your profile public, 
you are stating something. You're trying to establish some sort of status amongst the group, right? You're saying, these are the things I do. This is how I do them. Uh, Do you do them like me? Come check me out. You're inviting other people to be part of the thing. And that's how this game is played here. So random talking videos have really allowed me to look at my legacy of what I want to contribute and say, well, the status game I want to play is someone who contributes something of value, who is honest and transparent, and but also trying to be helpful in it. It's not my platform to cry and, and say, woe is me. And Because I've done that before too and realized, ah, is that so helpful? But it's still my way to establish some sort of example for where I feel society needs more of. And I think it's really of this transparency and this honesty. Yeah. A lot of stuff that you do and like even like Howard Stern, like people have been attracted to in terms of radical honesty. For sure, dude. And you know, it's it's another like sort of weird thing, I think with random talking videos, I think it's quick. I would be like, I'm a skeptic, dude, I'm a skeptical motherfucker. (laughs) And and even just like the idea of it being more honest to me is like mm-hmm. if I heard someone to tell me to do it because it's, you, this is a more honest way, I would also be like, eh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like everyone's mm-hmm. full of shit all the time anyways. But I think even if like, it's hard to be honest, really, especially mm-hmm. online with what you actually are thinking. But I think even if you're not, like even if you're like kind of full of shit, which you are and I am and everyone is, every listener is kind of full of shit in some way, no matter what. You're, you're a different person depending on who you're talking to and what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what you're saying. I think what is cool about it and what is honest about it, no matter what, is that if you don't edit, if you don't like cut it, you know, like if you don't make weird cuts to get rid of stumbly stuff, actually, I don't have a problem with cuts, but I think like when you, when you cut out stumbles, you've, you're, you're, you're missing it. That's, that's the wrong, like I've had videos go along and I make cuts sometimes and it'll like jump cut, but I, when I do that, I usually make cuts to leave a stumble and not to try to get some more what I think is gold or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck in. So I think there's like, just like letting people see your actual facial expressions when you're talking and not, and not like being the, you know, your whatever version of yourself that you typically present. Mm-hmm. I think that is what's honest about it. So you can be completely full of shit in what you're saying. And I, like so much of what I say is total bullshit. You know, like a lot of the shit that I talk about yoga and stuff, it's like, I'm fucking just having a good time. Like I, I have a lot of problems with yoga, but a lot of times it's just like me just, fucking, you know, rattling some cages and shit. Like, it's not, it's not like these are like some deep held beliefs about whatever, but I say them anyways. And, but I think it doesn't matter that it's not real, authentic, whatever on some level, but it, but it also is, I I don't fucking know. But yeah, I just like to tell like, it's just like, it's like the, the things about random talking video from people who, who have had good experiences with them, like the way they're they're described. I mean, it's great. And I use them as testimonials and I love to hear it, but it's also like, uh, I just always like to think about a skeptical person who I'm very much a skeptical person, what I would think. And a lot of times it's like, man, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And, and, that, and that's, uh, sometimes I see, not so much from your stuff, because I really dig your stuff. Like it's hard for me to say like, ah, fuck off. But, but sometimes I see your stuff. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like is Ryan just trying to push buttons? Like, I, you know, I'm not... I'm not yeah. sure because I uh, sometimes I do the same thing and I'm like, am I just trying to push buttons? Maybe I am. And I think that's okay. It's like, totally. it's almost like a conversation with a friend. You know, you're not... For sure. You're dude. not trying to be a prophet and like have this, 
a yep. profound statement every time you speak. It's there's only a few people who can really do that, and that's who they are. But I think yep. most of us are bumbling idiots, and it's important for us to be able to do that in front of a camera, especially since this is how we communicate now, and to be able to kind of chip away at the bullshit that surrounds our truth and whatever that is for us. Because I know it's not going to be the truth. It's not going to be, you know, what Ryan says is the only way, what Nelson says is the only way. No, there's, but there's something in there that you're living in your own truth that by doing a random talking video, by just speaking more to a camera, speaking to an audience, as if you're just riffing it with a friend, that really does help you uncover something inside of yourself. And if for selfish reasons, it's great for yourself. Yeah, 100%. That was really why I started even even before I started using the hashtag random talking video, the like the the thought process behind it, I was just practicing being in front of a camera, because I was going to be shooting a video of me teaching my yoga class, I was doing this FRC stuff and teachers have been asking me like how I was incorporating it. Mm -hmm. So I like I was just so fucking nervous about making that video that I started just posting it was hashtag 30 days of these fucking videos. And it, which was like, I, it was even was the full hashtag. That was the full hashtag. And like when I think about it, like when I think about it, it's like, I, it, it has like an embedded apology. Like, or I was just like, you're like, these are coming and I'm sorry in a way, you know, like there's, there's something about it that's, that says I'm sorry. Uh, and then eventually like I was going, I was training with Hunter Cook at the time and I challenged him to make one just in a comment on someone else's post. And I was like, Hunter said he's going to make not hashtag ran a, a random talking video. And I was like, damn, that'd be a legit hashtag. And then I changed, then I changed it. Uh, can't exactly remember where the fuck I was going with that. But you know, one thing you said though, that like really did kind of like ring out to me. That's pretty interesting is when people say that they're using a, in his, their Instagram account as a, as a journal. It's like, mm -hmm. no, you're, you're not, no, you're not. You're a you're a fucking liar, dude. And I, I, you know, I suppose like a okay, is there such thing as a public journal? I guess if you wanted to argue that, but it's like fuck you. That's not what I'm talking about. Like when you think mm -hmm. about it, if a journal is like a diary, so it's like you're 100 percent signaling for status, and you're doing mm -hmm. it like a fucking coward. You know, like by by it's a, it's almost like a it's like a, it's like a way to to like not take a position. It's like I'm sharing these ideas, but it's just my journal. So like I'm not like. I'm not going all the way in. That's what it feels like to me. So you journal making motherfuckers. Right. Mind you. <laughs> it's somewhere in between. Absolutely. I think that's what the random talking video forces you to do. It, it forces you to look at yourself and say, am I all in or not? Because that's a scary thing to just put a video of yourself. However, you can't stay. If you stage the thing, it's obvious. And I've, and I've kind of staged them in a sense when I've done them with the mic now. And I... I take, you know, I use a GoPro or my camera and then I basically slap the audio onto the video file. But I, I do make sure to shoot those in one take, but I just try and make it look a little nicer because that's just kind of how I want to do it, you know? Totally. But even then, sometimes I'm like, I, I've been listening to Naval Ravikant lately, just kind of like diving into his, uh, all his podcasts like full on. And he talks about when inspiration, something strikes him, he's like, I do that thing right away because that is not going to come back. And that's yep. kind of what the random talking video is. It's like something hits you. That's why most of them are just on your phone. It's fantastic. You have this recording device just there ready to go. So it's funny when I've done the ones with the mic, the setup I have right now talking to you, and I have an idea, it's just not quite the same. 
totally. as when I use the phone. And then I find myself second guessing the idea, then trying to extrapolate it into something larger, then thinking, oh, maybe it'd be a little better like this. And also, and I've done three takes. I'm like, hold up, it's not a fucking random talking video anymore. For it's sure, it's become me trying to create something which is kind of getting away from that document over create mentality. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that is the ultimate mentality. You know, and I, and I think too, like you said something a little bit ago where, you know, uh, you, you're not making a living with the stuff that you're producing. I assume that's like, you mean your content and stuff? Yeah. What, and, and just to clarify, I mean, like in the sense of like selling an actual product or yeah. service, I do sell a service, which a company pays me for now. You know, I've been able to do personal trainings, but it hasn't come, I'd say directly from the actual page, but it has been part of like a resume that I show someone. Oh, totally. No, no. I, I, I figured that that's what you meant. Like, it's not like directly from customers that mm -hmm. are on Instagram and, and, and whatever. But, but I, I think there's, there's, you know, when you just look at the list of guests that you've had on your podcast, I think a lot of people like overlook, not, I'm not saying you're overlooking this, but, but a lot of people overlook things that may not be giving them money right now for what is actually built, like the building of an asset that will return so much more than you could ever just squeeze out of some bullshit po post on Instagram, you know? And, mm -hmm. and for me, it took a long time. Like I was consulting for other people and doing what I do for myself for other people for uh, years and years and years. Like it took me a long time to be able to make all of my money from, you know, it, it's hard to say all 100% of it, but like the majority of it from social media related activities, you know? So like it, it takes a long time, but, it, but like when I, I, I suppose if I had, if I could go back, you know, 10 years and start posting talking videos, I think I would have got it done faster. Not, not necessarily through the, any video, you know, watcher or something, but just the kind of being like, fuck it, I can actually do this my own way. Realization. I think things would have happened faster for me, but I, but like throughout that time, I built a network of people that when I finally did pull the trigger and say, buy this motherfucking thing, there was people that were that, that were around for a long time that trusted me that I, that I had delivered value to. So it's like, there's, it, yeah, I think there's a lot of hidden money in just being consistent with sharing who documenting and sharing who you are. Mm -hmm. you know? I, I keep seeing that and reading it, listening to it. It's so hard though, to stay, it's a challenge to stay on the path of doing this stuff. And, and, knowing that one day it will pan out in some way or you are building this asset. Because it's funny, I look at my listens and I know I don't do nearly as much as I could to really promote it. But I look at my listens sometimes and I'm like, fuck, what, you know, what the fuck am I doing with this thing? But then, like you said, I, I can look at my list and be like, damn, I've had like some people that I really admire on here and we've been able to establish some sort of relationship and they've been able to build some trust in me. And I think the podcast has been such a, yeah. Dude, uh, it's like it's so huge. easy too. And it's such a low barrier to entry, like the, the cost, even the startup cost. And if you have some semblance of a personality, and I think if you could just be genuinely yourself and comfortable with exposing yourself with someone else, there's so much that you gain in terms of relationships. I, I just, you know, you and I being able to do this right now is huge for me because I'm, you know, it's like, man, I, I love what you put out. And now we can establish a relationship that becomes a little deeper just from having a conversation here. For, and for sure. It's something where a lot of people are not 
And, you know, I hear people saying, oh, there's so many people already doing podcasts. It's like, no, they're really not. Like if you look at blogging, what blogging was 10, 15 years ago, it's like, that's where podcasting is right now. And there's still so much money to be made in blogging. Because I know because I worked with food bloggers and fashion bloggers a couple years ago. And some of these were making a million dollars off of page views. Off of off of ads, they're they're basically sure. like in an ad network, and and I'm like these are essentially brand new blogs. I mean the written blog, you know, and it's like this is a whole new format to just be able to connect, and if for anything, just to have the network effect of being able to meet the people you admire and be able able to share their work with other people. Because who doesn't like that? Like, hey, yeah, sure, I would love to be. On with you and and you for to share my stuff basically for free. You know, it's just time, which is not free, but it's that's the one thing you have. Like, spend a couple hours with someone, and I, I know that there's going to be almost limitless pop- possibilities. But it's still so hard to like see that far in the future when you're like, shit, man, yeah, I man. still got to pay bills and <laughs> all for that sure. other, you know. Yeah, I th- I think it's sort of having. I, I haven't even had a lot of guests, like just a few. I, I started mine just kind of one night. People have been asking me for a long time, and I was just like, man, fuck it. And I just like made an episode, uploaded it, and then just started doing it myself. Um, but I think with you, you, you have it's all guests, right? Like every episode, it's like you, you in a conversation. Yeah, and I've thought about yes. going the route of of more of like a blogging or audio logging format like you've been doing because I think there's a lot of value in what you do. It's just that's that's a whole nother game. Uh, maybe you can speak more to it in terms of like... Because for this, it's more of like I get on with someone, I do my research on them, I go and try and find the things that I feel are obscure and maybe no one's asked them about. And that takes me a couple hours to research because it's so easy to use social media and Google just to find out about yeah. someone. So my investment is a little different in time. But then to do the like what you do, or you're coming up with a concept or idea how you can help someone provide value, I've, seems to me very daunting. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it's daunting because it's like I just it's one of these things that, you know, I, I kind of hear myself saying the, a lot of the same stuff. I mean, I, I try to do it in different ways. And I had I mean, I always try to like, read outside of my field and take new ideas in because I think I can find new spins and stuff that way. But it's just like, it's like, man, do these motherfuckers want to listen to me talk for 25 minutes about this shit, you know, without any like, because it's like, it's just like one voice. So like I, that can be, I, I try to put little break, breaky sound effects every once in a while. I mean, I could maybe add some other stuff, but it's like, I, it, like the reason it's daunting to me is just because it feels like, you know, dude, no one wants to listen to one person talk for that long, but they, but they, but they do like that. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm proven wrong again and again and again, but it still is in the back of my mind, especially, I think, especially because I edit them myself, I'm still trying to learn how to do it. I'm going to get an editor soon because it's turning into a lot of work, but it's like, as I listen back to it, it's like, Jesus, man, mm-hmm. like, oof, no, no one wants to hear this shit. So, but, but I, but I think though with yours and, and you have this big list of high profile people, like that's, it allows you to meet higher profile people even because like, you know, if you, if, if you ask them, because the thing, it can be tricky to, not everyone wants to do your podcast. Like people ask me a lot. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like it just, just doesn't like if they cold, if they just like email me cold and ask me like, cause mm-hmm. they, I don't even know how they find me. I, I usually don't do it. It's just, it, it, you know, but, but if they have been 
commenting or, you know, they've established some kind of conversation with me before, I'm much more open to the idea. So I, I think just having a podcast isn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily mean that all of your heroes are going to want to be on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I do believe though, there's like a real demonstration of authority and credibility over time when you've when you start, you know, you kind of start with who you can get, like someone pretty cool. That's like, that would be interesting and relevant to the people that you, that pay attention to you. And mm-hmm. then from there, like just kind of work up, but don't, don't shoot for the fucking moon on your first interview request, you know? Yeah. I, and I think for like, cause, cause I, I, I have the same thought about podcasting that you just sort of addressed. Like, I think there's way too many fucking podcasts, but I agree with you when I, when I hear you say that. And then I also think too, that if you want to start a pot, it doesn't matter how many there are, if you start with a small enough audience in mind. So like, if you're someone who, you know, if you operate like a, like a local personal trainer or a yoga teacher or whatever, it's like, you should make a podcast about the area that you live in, you know, not about, not about yoga or fitness. It's too fucking big, but you know, it could be about fitness in the area. Mm -hmm. I would focus on the area. It's like, cool shit that's going on, interview business owners and and make it for a really small audience. And then over time you grow it. But I think if you start a podcast with that, with, if it's too big, it will feel small to you. But if you start small, you can make it feel big, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something that I've, I've noticed with this podcast that I do, uh, where a lot of the movement community, like quotes around that, are really excited about it. And it's kind of cool because I'm not doing like so many CrossFitters or yogis. It's more of this movement community. But it's also weird because I've kind of put myself in a position where I don't necessarily want to talk to all the movement people. I want to talk to like everyone in the space because I don't necessarily see it as I used to in terms of what movement means or what the community should be about. And... So it's a, it's a strange place because I'm almost like I have that niche, but then because people tell me there's no other podcast like this that talks to these different movers that I like. And, but in one respect, I'm like, damn, but I don't want to like, it's, it's weird when you're going down one path and you're almost like, but I I do want to touch on this other area. So maybe you can speak to that even. And I would like to know how you deal with like, friends or people you know who want to be on your podcast? Because I've had people ask me, Hey, I'd love to be on your podcast. And I'm kind of like, I don't want you on my podcast, but I don't want to be a dick, you know, because, because it's, I think of my audience, like, I don't think they're like really going to gain a lot from our conversation necessarily, or, and it, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like I'm an asshole. And I, and I, maybe sometimes I've come off this way, but the truth is, I'm like, damn, I have to be, it's just like the the stuff I decide to put on my page. I have to be careful on what I, who and what I put on my, on my podcast, even though I respect these people highly. I just, it's, it's yeah. like a little issue I've had where I'm like, fuck, how do I do this in the, the most gentle and kind way? Because <laughs> I just want to say like, no, <laughs> that's it, yeah, why, you know, but why do you have to be gentle and, why do you have to be gentle and kind? I, I, I mean, well, because I have a tendency to be, I grew up very gentle. I grew up with this idea where you always have to be very gentle and kind. And I basically grew up as like a yes man, like don't ruffle feathers, don't. And then I went very hard against that. And I've always kind of had that streak to go hard against that. But I know it's like deep ingrained and it it came from a very compassionate place of like not trying to hurt people's feelings. But then as I grew older, I'm like, 
fuck, this has limited me in many ways. And I learned how to say no. But the way I learned how to say no was, I'm sure like any, if you went to therapy and someone would be like, well, you obviously went like hard, right? Like I went to saying no, being like, no, I'm not going to do that. Done. Like in just in a very harsh way. And I can see it, you know, I can see how it comes off. And I've seen other people who say no and are very uh, like firm with it, but it, it comes off in a much, much gentler way, you know, and, and I've always admired that, admired that. So I guess that's why it's like, damn, I, and that's some shit I have to deal with in myself where it's like, I just get self-conscious. I'm like, fuck, I don't like to tell someone like that I love or care for just like flat out, like, no, I don't want you on. Here's why. And it's, I, I essentially want to avoid the conflict in uh, some way. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, I get, I think that's pretty, pretty natural. I mean, like one thing I've done a few times that I, like, it just pretty much resulted in me not even hearing back was just ask them to like, like tell me about what we're going to talk about. Like ask them how it would be good. And maybe they have an idea for it to be good. I think if they just expect you like you, them to be able to come on and just like talk like randomly without like having some concept mm-hmm. or something, it's like, well, no. But if you want to like tell me about what that might look like, I just don't hear back on that. You know, um, uh, I think, right. you know, I actually don't like people that ask me tend to not be my friends. They be, they're like, they're people that I, kind of know a little bit through Instagram or even just like I get a lot of cold I don't even know where people are finding me just like mm-hmm. people emailing me asking me like randomly like who the fuck are you and those people I just typically ask like all right what do you got you know oh I've told like there's been a few actually that like I just could tell right away like from, like super hippie yoga teachers you know sending me their fucking list of all these yoga accomplishments that I talk shit about all the time <laughs> It's like, why the fuck would you eat? Like, okay, fine. You want, really want to come on, you know, but I just, I've told those people straight up. No, actually, I, mm-hmm. I, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of full of shit because Cassidy actually has emailed them back and handled it. I'm just like, Can you just take care of that. So I really <laughs> don't know what she, what she says to them. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a, an interesting problem. I suppose it's a good one to have, but I, I, I think, I understand. I, and I don't, I don't flat out say no to people either. I do think one thing that's happened with me and I th- one of the benefits I think of kind of having a reputation as like a dick, a lovable dick, but a dick <laughs> is that people don't really, I experience way less conversations that I don't want to be having. Like people mm. don't talk to me about things that they know I don't want to talk about. You know what I mean? It's like, I just get less, less bullshit because I think people are like, like afraid to bring it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that, you know? So, and I also think too, that when I'm nice, it like, I get like double points for being nice, you know? So like when I, when I like, like someone's comment or something, I get messages from people. I'm like, Oh my God, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a strange thing that, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't experience, but I think it's probably a good one, a good problem to have. Yeah, but so it sounds like you got something like that sounds like a pretty good gig there. You know, you just you're being yourself and then you don't have to deal with all the bullshit. And then when you're nice, you get those double points. I, I imagine, <laughs> I like dude, this. I imagine it, it's not even so much like I don't even know that it's like the like the dickness of the character that I play on social media that does it. I think there's like something to be said for people that are on it, that pe- people that are honest mm-hmm. and that people that when you ask them something, they're going to tell you what they think or give the, give you an honest answer. I mm-hmm. think in and of itself is intimidating. So like people, you know, if they're, if they know that you're going to, to be honest about why it might not be a good idea, not because you don't have to be a dick, but I think being pretty straightforward most of the time is a good 
is a good way to eliminate a lot of bullshit in your life. Mm-hmm. Not just because you'll be saying no more, but because people will, you won't even have to, you won't even have to because you get less shitty requests. I think. Right. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I, I think when I first, when we first started talking, I, what I was going to say that we ended, we ended up talking about random talking video and some other stuff was that one of the reasons that I think it would be interesting to talk to you is because we're, we have like a pretty similar, like follower count and a similar network. You know, there's mm-hmm. like a lot of, a lot of people that I've talked to before on different things. They have like, wh- like the people that I've been on their podcast or the few that have been on mine, even they have like a lot more follow, like a lot more followers than I do. And then mm-hmm. a lot of the people that I talk to about their work, like the customers and stuff, a lot of them have just less. So I think we have like sort of a similar, just uh, hard number, compa- like it's comparable. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I've scrolled back through your page and I think you've done a, like over, if you, if you were to look at everything on one big sheet, I think your account over time, I think you were, uh, you had a better thing going early than I did for a while. Um, I took me a while to figure it out and find my own thing. But I think that that was one thing that was interesting to me. And then I've also seen you be pretty open about anxiety and depression. And, and, and what I think is interesting about it that made me even pay attention to it is like, you talk about it as it pertains to like your creative process and how it affects you and stuff. I I like those conversations a lot. I think they're they're interesting because I deal with the same shit, you know, where some, some days I feel like a fucking God for an hour and like total shit for the rest of the day. Some days it's, it's even hard getting out of bed. Some, some days, like one of the, one of the crazy antidotes that's worked for me is like, if I, if I have an idea for, I try to write down my ideas for videos and shit when I have them, because even when I can't make them just because a lot of times I don't have any ideas. So I just like to look back at them. Um, and, and like when I feel like shit, sometimes if if I just get up and I make a video, with like some kind of funny thing and it gets a response that totally can transform my day. Like not, not, I mean, definitely, I mean, it needs to be comments. It can't just be a bunch of people liking it or whatever the fuck comments that make me think after I make a video has been something that's been pretty cool for me, but I don't know, man, what, what, what are your thoughts about that? Like what is, I, I know you were saying earlier that the, the practice of random talking video and podcasting has been helpful for you in that regard. Yeah. And well, I can speak directly to that example you just gave where you create something, you get a comment and then you're just, you, you kind of back, like it lifts you up a little bit. And some people, yoga, like the spiritual world, whatever you want to call it, might be like, that's serving the ego or whatever. And it's like, fuck yes, it works. It's such a great tool. Like What's helped me is when I've done those random talking videos and I've been like almost held myself to a standard of having to do the videos. I haven't held myself to that standard recently, but to just put one out and I've put some of them out there where I was just in a, in a funk. Like I was just smoking a bunch of weed, not really getting shit done, very much self-loathing, self-loathing. And I shot one of those videos and just put it out there. And, you know, I started getting like some comments and feedback and I just started talking with people. And even just the process of starting to create the thing and then having to set up the camera, having a... When I did the ones, especially with the mic, it was just something fun to me because it was it was very new and it still is very new of getting on the mic, hearing myself in this way. 
and then I get the feedback. Like even one of the one of the most consistent things I've heard from people is, "Dude, your voice is great for audio. Like you should be on radio or something." Like, and I keep hearing that consistently. And as self-serving as that is, it feels great to hear it. And it has really kind of brought me out of some funks. And I would say it's been one of the things, one of the catalysts for helping me stop smoking weed. Because I just that was kind of my one of my addictions where and people will laugh at that, like, you can't be addicted. It's like, yes, you can. You can absolutely be addicted to this thing mentally. And it could just put you at a baseline where you're just so complacent and boring that you just don't do shit, which is almost even more tragic than like a a descent into madness. And what was happening was I was realizing I can't vocalize and I can't express myself as I would like to when I smoke because it almost flattened me out in many ways, even the voice. I just didn't have the same intonations. I didn't have the same expressions. And so it basically kind of kept me away from that. And I've been able to stay away because I know if there's something I want to create or shoot or record an audio or have a discussion with someone, like if someone wants to like be on in like the next hour, I want to meet someone really cool. It's like, I've got to be like, I got to be on and I can't be doing this thing that's basically holding me back. Because I'll, I'll listen back to it and be like, oh, dude, you were high. Like that video, you were high. And it's so obvious because you, you just, there's nothing to you. <laughs> You're just vapid. And, and so it's really been these videos and the audio and the creation process. When if I can manage to pull myself out of that funk enough, and we can use depression, anxiety, whatever, whatever we want to call it, enough to just start the creating and it's so cliched and it's said over and over again, people say it all the time, but it's the truth. Like if you can just get yourself to start moving and create some momentum a little bit, it really does help you get out. It's helped me and it's helped other people. And between the random talking videos and just like movement, movements, moving around is like the thing I've basically sold on Instagram and shown people that I do. But there's really like... We're, we we are so inside everything all the time. We're inside a place. We're inside our heads. We're never really outside. So it's like, yo, if you can get outside and then maybe record that thing just for like, just to have the thing because you're doing the social media thing, like get outside, give yourself some sort of task. I've been doing like, I've been fucking around lately with Adobe Lightroom on iOS and just going on a walk with my dog or finding some place outdoors to do a handstand on. Because I'm like, I like to do this. It's fun. Let me find somewhere to do a handstand and then try and make it like... in. I can just start to play with it in Adobe Lightroom, make it into this nice photo. But that act alone, like mixing those two things together, the creation with the movement has really helped me out a lot. And I think a lot of people are suffering with this, this like being inside yourself all the time, in your head, constantly thinking, not putting yourself into some sort of work. It's like that book, The War of Art. It's like you, you need to like be full on with the things you do. I think that's the easiest way to avoid or get out of these funks and depressions. Yeah, dude. And I, and I think the, the, like the important thing, because I, I think, uh, you know, even just the idea about, you know, the idea about using social media as a way to escape some kind of whatever it is, funk, depression, anxiety can be a little strange to hear because most of what you hear about social media is that it, it creates anxiety and depression and all these sorts of things. But I think the difference is, is you, ha- you have to, uh, you don't scroll social media, dude. Like you like you fucking make things on, so you make stuff for social media and publish on social media. Don't be, a, if, 
scrolling is like the worst fucking thing. Like if you can't get out of bed or you feel like shit, scrolling social media is the problem, not, not creating, you know? So it's like, you have to, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, my, I definitely, on my bad days, I scroll more, you know, it's like a, just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing it for. Some kind of escape, but it just makes everything worse. But it's like when I do finally stop that and, and make something, it, it, it just shakes me up enough. I think it's a useful tool for escaping downward spiraling thought patterns as long as it's to be pushing stuff out, not consuming more, you know? And even when you are consuming, it's like not, you, you, you are scrolling because you picked up the phone and you were purposefully scrolling. You're not just doing it mindlessly, I think is the, the way to use social media to maybe break out of whatever funk you're in. You got to create stuff. But then it's like, yeah, I think there's something to be like yoga teachers saying, you know, your comment about, you know, when you get a, when you get a comment or reply on something and a a yoga teacher person or whatever would say, it's it's just feeding your ego. It's like, I don't even know what, I don't even know what the fuck that means anymore. People say ego (laughs) in my comments. It's like, what? Like, t- like, just fuck off. Just doesn't make any sense. But it's like, I think, you know, a lot of us, we operate, you know, like you said, like we're in, we're inside a lot. And I think we're actually like, we, you know, we, I mean, I definitely spend a lot of time alone when I'm working. And I, I think a lot of other people do too, whether they work from home or even not, but like you're, you're alone. So there is something to be said for connecting with another person. Um, but I think the connection happens, like the connection that happens on something you create is a useful tool to escape a bad thought pattern, but not, not necessarily any other use of social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That awareness is probably the most essential piece because we are told all the time, Hey, this is number one cause of depression now with whatever age groups and, you know, younger people. And if you look at the app, if you open it up, the first thing it does is it shows you someone else's piece of content. It doesn't, put you into the creation mode right away. You have the little plus box in the middle at the bottom, but it's really like trying to get you to consume. And you've talked about this a few times of how these things are set up and the psychology behind them and what they're trying to have you do. And they're delaying the likes and that little heart on the bottom right. Yep. So it's trying to already put you in that mode. So it's like, if you can... Well, hold on, Bring, hold on. I want to, like, I just want to talk about that real quick, man, just sure. to give them some context. So what he was talking about is that like, when you load Instagram, they, the number of likes and, and interactions and comments, and everything you have, they, they already know, but there's like a slight delay. They, they don't show it to you. It's not there when you load it. It's like, takes us a couple of little fucking things that just, and they've tested this and they know that that is what ends up starting a session that, on average, lasts longer. So people end up scrolling more because they waited to see how many likes and comments they got. Now they see that whatever that first image is or whatever the fuck, and they start scrolling. So it just creates what they want, which is a long session. So yeah, sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I think it's it's important to clarify that because it you, you don't really notice it until someone brings it up. You, you just kind of think that's just how it is. and But it's it's all very specifically tailored to do this and and to create some sort of reaction inside of you, it, which is a little bit wild because you'd think they want, I mean, they do want you creating, but because they want more content on there, but it's really about you consuming it. And I think if we can remind ourselves, like, stop, like, if you just catch yourself scrolling, like, dude, you've, you're, you're not here. You're, you're just like, you're, you're feeding, they're getting the pellets, you're the rat getting the little pellets. And that's really where it's at. Like using this thing as a tool to get yourself out of these funks 
that's that is there as a possibility. You know, someone listening can kind of get that mindset and like understand that it's not all bad. Like this thing is fantastic. We have this technology that is so incredible. Like everyone's got in their hands. Pretty much everyone in the states has one of these, right? Like even developing countries have these, and they can create content. They can put stuff out there, and I. It even makes me think like you can get into this idea of being an imposter or someone's already done this thing before. Why do I need to do it? What's the point? And you can start going down that hole because I've done it. It's like, what's the point? What's the point? But the point is that someone hasn't heard you say it yet. They haven't heard your spin on it, your take on it. So yeah, you might be like showing someone how to do a deadlift, but your personality and your way of showing someone how to do a deadlift, which has been around forever, might just hit like accord with someone else. And then that person is going to just be stoked about you and start like following your stuff. And then you have a, a possibility to connect with them and then create some sort of something with them over time. That's, that's what I've gathered from just some of the connections I've made with people and what I've seen you do where you have... It's like, dude, if someone goes to Ryan Rico's page and they look at how many comments you have on most of your posts which are not even like the inflammatory ones, I'd say. like Because those are always going to get a lot, I feel. But even mm-hmm. ones just like some useful advice about something or how to use or how to create a text bubble and you know Adobe. If you look at the amount of comments, it's because people have come to see how you explain something, which you can find somewhere else. You can find that stuff For on YouTube. Sure. But yeah. they've come to see how Ryan Orico shows it and how he teaches it, and how he explains it. Yeah, that's that's one of these things, man. I try to I don't not publish stuff ever because I think someone has already said it. I think if I if I were if I I, I wish I had kept a journal back in the day, like an actual private journal, to where I put some of these thoughts down because I like that that doesn't really enter my mind anymore because I sort of just am like I'm either when I'm not doing something because I feel like shit, I'm not doing it for other reasons, but not because I think someone's already said this before. And I, but I, if I could guess, if I had to make a guess about what has helped me with that a lot, it would be like reading and learning more about things that are outside of the thing, uh, outside of the field. I think if you, if you're so immersed in whether it's movement or nutrition or whatever, that's like, you read all the fucking books about it and you re- follow all the accounts about it. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. No wonder you feel like that, dude. Cause it's all you look at. But uh, I think you have to like expand, dude, exp- even into things that are completely not what you're, uh, what you teach or what you sell or what you talk about, because that I could, I could, I can see how that could create a problem. You know, some, and, and if actually when I, when I think back to my con, like early, early ish Facebook, when I was posting some fitness information, like on Twitter and, and in Facebook, I was definitely full, full on only obsessed with just fitness stuff. And I was younger then and probably less confident. So that could have been an issue, but I, th- then I, I'm quite sure I wouldn't say something because yeah, that guy already said, it and he's way more ripped than me, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. So I think expanding your range is a is a is a good way to get over those those sorts of feelings because that's how you make it different that's how you add the little things and the connections that make it different in addition to your personality you know yeah so that's yeah that's that's good stuff man and and yeah i don't i, I ain't a fucking doctor i don't know what to tell you about your depression you know what i mean <laughs> listener like fucking what, what am i going to tell you but, but but i think if you but yeah just like don't 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 scroll social media and, and I know you've heard that, but like make one, I think that's one of the other little cool things about random talking videos that like 
you sort of get a little bit of validation and sometimes it takes time on things that didn't necessarily take you a long time. And it's just like, when I feel like shit, I know I'm like, man, you're fu- these motherfuckers love you, dude. You don't even have to do anything. You can just make a dumb video. So like, I remember that for <laughs> just like two seconds and then I'll get up and make the video. But like, had I not just done it for a while to, to, to have that confidence, it's, it's hard, but it's like knowing that you can make something without spending a lot of time or even being really good and, and get a comment on it that makes you feel better. It's a, it's a pretty good way to live, man. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I noticed working was even having to forcing myself into a random talking video or even so I think everyone can benefit from scheduling things into their calendar. So they're accountable to something. So yeah. when I was, a, you know, doing the podcast, I'm accountable to be on with someone during that day. So I knew it's like, dude, you cannot get high. Like if you get high, you're going to fuck this thing up. You're going to have to cancel. Like how embarrassing that's going to be. That's even more like the embarrassment of the whole thing was more of a motivator than like deciding I could just be depressed today. And so it kind of fought my self-loathing. And I I would just... I, I. tried to schedule in as many as these as I could because I just knew I had something to do. Even if it was later on in the day, it's like, dude, if you smoke weed at 10 in the morning, you know you're going to be off all day long. Like, it's just going to be a little bit weird and you might feel self-conscious during the talk and it's just not going to be very good. So having those penciled in and already like in a calendar with someone else, we both have it on our calendars, it's happening, was even something that I've like being accountable is something that like in my late twenties, I started to be more respectful of and realize like, Oh, this is really important because I've, I've kind of fucked that up a lot with certain yeah. people where I felt I could have been a lot better, man. I'd like, I'm sure some people don't want to rely on me for certain things because I just wasn't accountable. And so having that sense of not wanting to let someone down and if, if it could just purely be from a sense of embarrassment, is powerful enough to to really kind of take it took me out of that self-loathing depression because I just there was that thing I was feeding myself with and it was mostly just that self-loathing around and then you know the the vehicle was kind of weed it's like okay just smoke a little weed and it allows you to just not really care and and this is your life and you can just go in and deeper and deeper inside and which is a crazy mechanism and I don't want to speak too much to how that works because it's not really my place. But I, I just did find that the accountability piece and having something to work towards or having this like little mini goal in mind, even if it's just as much as like, I just need to get through this podcast and I got to be on point. That was enough of a catalyst for me to to start moving in this better direction and just starting feeling better, a little bit better myself and just realizing like, ah, you've been doing this thing every day and like, it's just not serving you anymore. Like what, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, dude. And I think just, I mean, it, you know, have, obviously like having a conversation with someone is help is typically will make you feel better mo- most of the time, unless it's just like a total fucking asshole. I can't, I can't really <laughs> imagine a conversation that doesn't make you feel better or at least shakes you up. Like it could be mm-hmm. with an asshole. Like even if it's, some dick on the street, like your adrenaline will be spiked. But, but a, a lot of times, like, yeah, I mean, if like, besides this conversation with you today, I probably won't talk to anyone. You know what I mean? Like when I go, I mm. order my goddamn, I get, actually, I order my food now, my whole foods from prime. Like I don't even fucking go to the whole foods anymore. Like I don't like that motherfucker. They just drop mm. that shit off at the door. I don't even have to talk to them. 
So, mm-hmm. so I think like, yeah, so I definitely the calendar is huge for sure. I, I am terrible with a calendar. I have a weird relationship with calendars. I don't like, I feel like it's like, you ain't going to tell me what to do, motherfucker. You know, like it's like, a, like authority. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, like it's always like, I, but, but, but it's like, but it, when you work it, it's like the ultimate, it's, it's like the, it's like probably the best like tool that we have really, you know, as, as simple as it is. It's like when you put something on the calendar, if you take it seriously, there's not really a better organization or productivity or depression tool. Like it's probably like, you know, a cure all mostly. Yeah, well, and even speaking about a conversation with someone you have and that makes you feel better. I had a podcast with Chandler Stevens once and I think I was like at a pretty low point there. And dude, that conversation, and I want to, I'm not going to actually go listen back to it because that one had me... Dude, just just like speaking with him and seeing where he was, like this nice, beautifully lit room, and he was just like this smile on his face. He was so stoked to talk to me. Like something flipped in me that day. I remember it was just a shitty, shitty day. And and just having that conversation with Chandler was it, just the conversation alone, you know, like and it was good, man. We went deep and it was just talking to someone who I know is really about getting people out of these funks and using movement and Feldenkrais and all this as the tool, even just talking with someone, it was almost like a therapy session. Yeah, I think I even told something on. like about that. Yeah. Cause we were, we were kind of discussing things where I was like, damn, this is me right now. I didn't say it, but I was like, damn, this is, I can use this right now. And we even talked about something like a panic attack or something. I was like, I had just had one or I just been in one not too long ago. And it was like, oh shit, he's right. Like I just need a remind myself like I'm breathing, like feel myself being here. It was so obvious, but I needed to hear it. And yeah. and, and that conversation and, did it. And I could, I mean, Chandler's like, he's like, there's a, you know, out of all the people that post random talking videos, he's one that I watch pretty consistently. And like, sometimes when he does, he's made videos before that were like intentionally designed to be you know, like a, some sort of breath practice or something like that. And mm-hmm. those are, those are cool. But also even when he just makes talking videos, it's like, that's a, that's a soothing son of a bitch right there. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I shouldn't trust this guy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. For real, dude. Know, like, what I the see the fuck? mustache, your handlebar mustache. You're like, this go the fuckers too. What, what's going it's, on? It's too good. What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Ch- Chandler's a G man. Yeah. It's funny shit, dude. So I don't know. I think that was, I don't know. It feels like a pretty good place to, kind of start to wrap it up a little bit, but I do have one idea though, that I think would be good to, mm-hmm. so you can pitch some of your shit, pitch your podcast and stuff is that you've had a ton of really awesome guests, uh, mm-hmm. tons. And I, I mean, the first ones that I saw, like Devin, Devin's a G Carl, mm-hmm. actually like I, you definitely, well, I'm not going to say definitely, but very likely found me through Devin. Cause I don't think Carl had really even known about me until fairly recently as far as i can mm. tell he started following me and talking to me pretty recently but i actually bought his book when it first, i was way into like kelly star and stuff like back in the day mm-hmm. and and I, and I heard about carl like through him i don't even know 2013 12 and i bought his book so like that dude was like a hero to me and then mm-hmm. he started like following me and commenting on all my shit so that was cool um but yeah so like carl i've seen like yuri chandler so you got a lot of really cool. You've had a lot of really cool people on your podcast Mm -hmm. and I didn't really set, I I probably could have asked you to do like prepare for this or something and told you I wanted to ask you this, but I didn't. So might be a little bit on the spot, but I thought it'd be cool to ask you like if there was like three, like top three little 
bite-sized tips about whatever the fuck movement mindset, mm-hmm. et cetera, from all of your guests, what, okay. what those would be. Yeah, I got plenty, but I'll just, so I don't want to offend anyone or maybe I will, but whatever, but, um, cause <laughs> I want to give them all listen. love, you know, I want to <laughs> give them all love. Yeah. They won't all listen anyways, but yeah. so I think most recently I had Josh Lewis of co-movement in upstate New York. And so he, it's the title of the podcast, Highlighting the Hero. He brought up something great, which I think a lot of people miss, especially on social media, is it's not about you. So it's like, you're doing all these fancy tricks and shit and you're a coach and you're a teacher. He's like, people are missing this. They're not putting their clients or they're not talking about their clients or they're not showing how their clients are you know, kicking ass and how they've gone from point A to point B. And so he called it Highlighting the Hero. And I... I found that to be such a great reminder of, yeah, dude, like it's not about you so much if this is what you're using this tool as. And and that's how he's been able to be pretty successful with growing his brand and making it like an affiliate now. And you look at his page and it's like, yeah, he does some cool ass shit. Like he's pretty amazing. But then a lot of it is like, hey, this is, you know, Cindy, mom of three, just started last year. Look at, you know, with the certain goals, look what she's doing, look what she's up to. So I think that's really important to note. And it was like a, a very solid, like one hour podcast. And it's just basically hitting all these points about like how to, how to highlight the hero, how to like get your business out there, how to get word of mouth to work for you. Yeah, so I really like that with Josh. That's huge. I, like just really quickly on that. So when sure. I first started uh, random talking video, once a few people started making them, I started sh- I just started sharing those videos. Like there was you know people from you know the UK or like a black dude or like just like different types of people were posting them, and I think a lot of people weren't doing it because they're like, yeah, but I ain't like Ryan. He's whatever. That's not my personality. So by just showing other people doing this thing that's what created like this big snowball effect and initially i caught a lot of shit for it like people would like dude why the fuck are you sharing these like random people you know it's like who the fuck is this it's like just some some dude does you know whatever and i mean i knew exactly why i was doing it but it, but like i caught shit for it so i think uh, a lot of people don't really eat I think this is a, a sound strategy that everyone should be doing and it works. But I think a lot of people struggle with it because it's like, there may be, I don't know if I it's just speculation, I suppose, is that like you, you, people don't think that's the right way or that people don't care about these random people. Like they don't care about Cindy, the mom of three, but they actually, well, the one, but, but the ones that matter do care. The ones that don't matter, don't care. They ain't going to give you any money, but, but the ones that care about Cindy are the ones who are going to pay you. So you should definitely highlight the hero. That's a good one. Yeah. And maybe we could talk about this like real briefly, but the, sure. like in my, a lot of people I know and who interact with me and they, they'd be considered my peers in this space. Like they're coaches as well. They're teachers. They're killing it. Like a lot of them are like way better hand balancers than I am. And so I, I see that as a, a challenge where I have to kind of find my way to the people who are actually going to pay me for the thing. Cause I'm like, they're not going to pay me for this. They do this themselves, you know, <laughs> yeah, and they're, totally. they're trying to find their own clients. So can you maybe like briefly speak to that? Yeah, I think there's, that's a huge problem. People mostly try to impress their colleagues and, and, and competition more than they actually do try to speak to the people that they're going to be helping. I think there's like a, a, a tendency towards, sharing things that are sort of beyond where most of the people who are actually going to pay you are at, like in terms of a bit, not just demonstrations of physical ability, but just 
the nuance and detail in the ideas. Mm-hmm. I think there's like people who are, and by the way, like part, part you, you cut away for like 10 seconds when you first started going off on that little thing. So I'm hope I'm hoping I'm touching what you were asking about. But um, I think you, a lot of us are afraid of oversimplifying because we want to, because we're trying to look cool in front of our colleagues, but you just mm-hmm. got to remember. And like most people who do that don't make any money with social media. People who are trying to compete with and impress their colleagues don't make money with social media. People that simplify ideas to the point of even oversimplification to actually be talking to the people who will give them money are the ones who, you know, if they actually have the courage to make an offer will be the ones who make money. But I, I think it's, it's, it's super common, dude. And, and, and I think really you don't, it's not like I don't do it either. You know, I think there's, it's like a spectrum. It's like one of these spectrum things, by the way, am I, am I answering your question? Yeah, it was, it was just to reiterate, it was uh, like in my case, I have a lot of my peers that engage with me. They're already coaches. And then how do I reach, essentially, how do I reach the people who don't, will actually pay me for the thing, which aren't my friends who are coaches also and already doing that thing? Yeah, I think, I think I was pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I think, I think, I think you do a pretty good job of it, dude. I think if I was to like, if if this was like a, a coaching call or whatever the fuck, I would just be like, why aren't you selling anything? Like, what are your offers and why don't you have any, like, are, do you have an online product or are, are you, are people able to give you money? Like would be my question to you, which isn't exactly answering yours. And, and if your answer to that question was, yes, I have this product that is for people who want to learn how to do a handstand, but I'm just not selling any of them. Then I would will look a little more deeply in your stuff. And, I, and then I, I don't know that I would think that about you just based on my, just thinking about, my initial thoughts about your page is like, I don't feel like you, you do that too much, but I think if you can, but I think when you're teaching ideas, really making them really simple. But my guess, my guess would be if you're, I think a lot of people are doing this. Most people are doing this on some level, but if you're concerned about, if you're asking, is this the reason why I'm not making money? I would, most of the time I would say, no, I think, I think a lot of other things are the reason why you're not making money. I think this is the valid thing to think about though. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I do. I do. I think just generally uh, think when you're making a, when you're writing something or you're coming up with an idea to post or whatever, maybe even after you've written it, if you read it out loud and you, and you just think about like, am I trying to impress, am I writing this to impress my colleagues or am I posting this to impress my colleagues? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a bad frame. Cause a, a lot of times like the, the people who are, like the, if you look at any industry, like any um, industry where there's like a like a guru or like a teacher, uh, whether it's like fitness or f- finance or nutrition or whatever it is, the people who are at the top make make the ideas simple as fuck. Like they oversimplify everything is way oversimplified. The titles of their books, like everything, like Doctor Oz, for example, you know. So like, uh, and then with with that comes backlash from your colleagues in competition because they feel that you are oversimplifying or you are doing something, you're making something wrong now that there's way more nuance than, than you're, than you're sharing. Hmm. But it's like, yeah, I know, but fuck you. Cause you're not paying me, dude. <laughs> people don't want that shit. No one wants simple yeah. ideas, man. Try to build influence over people, man. You make that shit as simple as you fucking possibly can. Mm-hmm. Was a, that was a little bit of a tangent. But, um, no, but it's, I think it's a necessary one. <laughs> I need well, to hear it, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. 
So yeah, so what's what's uh, what's number two? So highlight the hero, and then what's number two? Okay, number two would be... Damn, I have like four I really want to tell you. If you give me one more, I'd love totally. you, man. But number two would be Kyle Fincham. He was a recent... So he went from being a stand-up comic to essentially opening a gym in New York, in Brooklyn, uh, Movement Brooklyn. And so I find... I find someone who can go from that kind of work because I find that like stand up fascinating how people like to get into that line of work. It's just like abuse all and you're, you're willingly putting yourself out there to try and and, like get someone to feel this emotion. It's such a raw form of art that man, like it seems like 99% of the time you're just falling on your face and people are calling you out and you're just on the spotlight, on a stage. And he did this for like 10 years. And and he said, he's like, yeah, just at a certain point, it just was was like, I just couldn't continue doing this. And, and he even had a friend in stand-up that, you know, I think it took his life and it was like, it, just to to go from that and now he's doing what he loves and he's teaching movement and, and like the, the things he learned on stage, we didn't dive so much into, but I can only imagine like to be able to do that and then be able to be a coach, there's gotta be so much value oh, and dude, so much like, you can take away from doing stand up to like coaching was like nothing after that. Yep. Like dealing with people, like with anyone, I think of like, if you want to get up on a stage, if you can manage to like, build up a set, you know, like 15 minutes, something like that. And then go out there and do that and like fall on your face and do it over and over and over again. Because I've heard the highs are so high. Like it's like almost like you get like, you know, you have everyone like off of their chair. And like what I've understood from like certain comics is like, that's just like the greatest feeling ever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like, and uh, it must be to go through all of that. No, I think that's probably the ultimate training for any possible thing that you could ever do would be a, his, like some experience. Stand-up comedy, I think, would prepare you for pretty much anything that could possibly ever come up, um, especially if you do it for a long time. But yeah, there's there like an old, I think it's like Frank Sinatra or something that had like a quote that's something like, if you need more than a microphone and a spotlight, you're a putz or something like that, <laughs> which, which I think is kind of like the same sort of idea that I could see how it would be the highs would be so high is because like you like the power you would feel so powerful to be I'm I'm just up here with this microphone there's no band behind me there's mm-hmm. nobody else doing anything I'm just saying ideas and I'm making these people feel all sorts of different ways yeah dude that's definitely that's big time getting out of stage is huge scary Good. Yeah. I've, I've thought like doing this, like having a podcast, I'm like, ah, I can do something like that. It's like bullshit. I am in such a comfortable position right now in this chair. It's just me and one of the, it's just a conversation, you know, and it's, and it's a very safe conversation, but to do that is just another level. So I really like Kyle Fincham. I was like that one to me, just that kind of blew me away of just someone who did that for 10 years and then went into this space. I think it's very unique. Yeah, I think it's it definitely puts him like that would be someone if if you gave me a uh, a list of people and told me what they did and and who do I want I'm probably and if there's a comic on that list I'm probably going to pick the comic over everyone else in most situations you know yeah yeah so good shit man yeah and then my number three would be uh, Devin Kelly so I think Devin was I mean like if you listen to that conversation 
so we you, we spoke about it earlier. Like you you change how you speak with certain people. Yep. And with Devin, it was one of those where I'm like, I, I just felt so much more poised, and I was really thoughtful with every word I spoke. And not to say I'm not trying to do that here, but it, it was like my third or fourth. I forgot how many I was in, and and I was already thinking like. God, I sound like a fucking idiot. Like this, <laughs> this guy is, you know, yeah. this guy's so thoughtful. Every like he pauses. Yeah. I'm like, did I lose him? You know? But it's like, <laughs> oh no, he's just he's just like pausing. Like anyone who like speaks well and has command over their, you know, who they are does. And so Devin was like that alone. That presence he has, you can feel it, which is pretty amazing when you're just doing like an audio call. Essentially, we might have done video, but I think it was audio. And and he talked about. Uh, everyone's fascination with meditation and everyone's meditating now. It's the thing it's in, but he's like, before you go there, uh, the prereqs should just be finding awareness of what you're doing. So we kind of hit on this with the scrolling, right? It's like, before you start like diving into like this five minute seated meditation, this 10 minute, whatever it is. And I know you're like a very consistent meditator. So maybe you can even speak a little to this, but he said, you know, prereq should kind of be just having awareness. Like, what are you doing throughout your day? How are you moving? Like, If you can start to build awareness, then maybe you can start to do this whole seated stillness practice, which we call meditation. See, that's interesting to me. I don't, don't think I, I had to go in the other, I had to go the opposite way. You know, like I had to, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. I didn't even know like awareness was the thing you could be. Like I didn't even you know, and I don't even know that med- I don't even know how much meditation has helped me. I'm still a fucking wreck, you know, like mo- most of the time. I'm mostly frustrated, mostly anxious, but I, I never got, I never did it to get rid of those things. But I don't even know why the fuck I started doing it, really. I think, well, oh, no, no, I do. Actually, I, I wanted to be able to concentrate. Like, I, I felt like I couldn't concentrate so my work was suffering. I was like, I can get more work done if I can concentrate more. People told me meditation helps with concentration. So, but so, and, and I can't even say how well it's worked. But what I can say about it, though, in, term, in, to, in terms of what we were just talking about with Devin, is that it just opened my mind to the idea of being aware of, of, aware of something or that I have some control over that. That, that thing is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a strange idea. I, I think a lot of people will probably would, would respond to, to Devin's instruction and that idea about like, don't start there, start just being aware. I would probably be, if I think about myself now, I understand, but if I think about myself before I started meditating, mm-hmm. I would be, con- I think I would maybe be confused about like, what is that? What do you mean by that? So, mm. what do you, what what does he mean by that? Right, and that, and I it, it, that was one of the first ones I haven't listened to in a while, so I don't want to also like misquote him or miss <laughs> totally. You know, take I guess what, on. what does it mean to you? I guess right. Well, to me, it would mean like I think the idea of on a walk. I'm trying to l- just listen to what is around me, and I, and it's hard for me to say it now because I kind of went to it the other way around. Like I started a meditation practice and then the guidance was just start to listen to your breath or like feel your breath coming in and out. So that to me was like starting to establish this idea of awareness. And then when I go on a walk now, I haven't been meditating as much, but I've been doing more of this, like just trying to listen to everything. Like I'm just really trying to be attentive and listening. So it's almost a, a somewhere plays within focus as well. And they're all kind of muddled at this point. So it's hard for me to say 
to I, that? Because I, I kind of came at it, came at it the same way you did. Well, I think yeah, I think what you just said though about listening, I think listening gets me closer, like it gets me closer to what I would probably need to be doing in that situation. Because like just being like sight doesn't work for me because it's just like a fucking torrent of stuff that I see. I don't really, I have a hard time with that idea, like using anything visual as a met, an object for fo- a me- focus or meditation. So mm-hmm. like, but sound really helps me, especially when I, like my breath isn't, I don't know. I just don't feel good about it or whatever the fuck using sound has always been helpful for me. So I like that. I like just trying to be super hyper aware of sound. I do that a lot of times on my morning walk to my first start is just try to hear everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good shit, dude. And I, and I think it's one of these things where like kind of speaking to what we said earlier about, you know, people say things in different ways and people need to hear things in different ways for them to find the way that works for them. You know? So I think that I I believe probably the majority of people who would listen to this podcast would understand Devin's position there, you know, meditation next. I also think it's pretty fucking sexy. You know what I mean? To like kind of be like, yeah, everyone's talking about meditation, but you know what? Fuck meditation. I got something to do first. I kind of just like that like position. But yeah, that's, that's solid stuff. Devin's a fucking G. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like Devin's a guy who like, he, uh, he, someone tagged me in one of his comments and that was how we initially found each other. I don't know, a year and a half ago or something. Even just, and he had, he had, well, he still does. He has what I would consider to be a, a like a pretty looking visual page. But what I love about what Devin, Devin uses long captions, which I love a lot. And even just the way he writes feels different and like the the state you described of like feeling more poised as you just listen to him talk i also think that like there's something weird that happens in his comments i always feel the need to like make myself (laughs) small in his comments like like i comment on how much more smart and ripped he is all the time (laughs) weird i'm a fucking dude he's writing like love letters across from China to the States, you know, like I feel like the thing is in a bottle. It's like, it's so, <laughs> dude, it's, it's, like so, live it's, there. Like, it's like yeah. so novel, dude. It's, I, like it's a novel, you know, he's writing yeah. essentially each one and, and like Lord dude, the of the Rings thing. in the background and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Know? It is like his rebuttals and comments to other people. I'm like, fuck, you know, like he called me out on one of my posts once and it was, it was great, dude. Like we had a good discussion back and forth, but I was like, all right, let me get like pull out notes here. Like I gotta really like yeah. I gotta fucking come back with like something good, you know? Because I don't, I don't sound like an idiot next to this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. But uh, yeah, he's he's definitely someone who like would for sure like we're gonna do a IG live or something in the next couple of days about mm-hmm. uh he he posted something about like how he's his stuff's not being shown in hashtags and stuff. And yeah. I was like, well, bro, I bet they think like there's just things you're just like do like all this skin in all these weird positions. It's just like the machine just thinks you're fucking like you're just posting <laughs> videos of you banging. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So of course they're not showing your shit. I was like, I, I dare you to not wear to wear a shirt for two weeks. And as soon as he starts wearing a shirt, fucking this shit shows up in hashtags. So we're going to oh, talk about shit. that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll have to tune into that one. Can I do, can I do a bonus? Yeah. Yeah. For sure, dude. Okay. So the bonus ties into also what we spoke about earlier about, like you talked about reading books and outside of your domain. So like if fitness is your thing, then you go and learn from someone who sells cars. Like you go to a different area. So speaking of not cars, but like Carl, Carl Powley. I was surprised by Carl because he started talking about 
in terms of where he sees himself in the future, he started talking about transportation. And he's like, I'm really intrigued by where transportation is going. Like Ubers, these scooters, Teslas, like this is something that really excites me. And and I, it got me thinking at the time when he brought that up, I felt very much like, what am I doing? Am I, am I just a one-trick pony? Because he's starting to look elsewhere. Yep. And I think that's tough for a lot of us because we hear in one respect, you need to like you need to go like full in on what you do and become a pro and like put in those twenty thousand, whatever the amount of hours are. But then now you should also be able to be well rounded and you should do all these other things. And and I see someone like Carl who has uh, if you look at his feed or you look at his anything he does, it's it very much has a theme and he's so consistent and he's all the time posting. And like, you know, like if I think of a, a solid brand, I look at him, I'm like, dude, his stuff is on point. He hasn't deviated. I think we even talked about it the other day. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I, you know, I look at you, what you do. And it's like, you haven't deviated ever. And for someone like that, who is so on point with the branding where they're going, to me seem like such a hyper focus on one thing, but then their mind is not just there. Their mind is on now he's like thinking about transportation. It's like, I don't know, maybe one day Carl will have the freestyle car, you know, and he'll have like, it, it, I look at something like that and it makes, it, it reminds me like, dude, you, you need to also look elsewhere. And, and when you tell me about, you know, reading other things and you post about other people and what they're doing or other influential figures from the past and people who are just time tested that there's a lot to gain and also to, to just kind of get different different perception of reality or like it's not just all about what you do like it's a very limited scope on what we do we can get hung up on like the things are not going right or other people who are crushing it in our space and realize like though there's so many other things that people are doing like those some of the weirdest things and oh, it, dude, it, for sure. it opens up your horizons to be like i'm not I think it's good to see that and be like, yeah, I'm not always stuck here. Like if something, because if this thing falls apart and you identify it with it very strongly, you're going to have a tough time. So it's great to be able to see that there, there's so many other ways your life can go. Like you're not just your fitness thing that you do. Like if that falls apart and like you lose a limb or something, or you get tragically sick, like how can you become like how can Nelson be continue to be the Nelson on this path? Because like otherwise, at that point, what am I going to give up? Am am I done? It can't possibly be. So to see someone else who's exploring other realms is inspiring to me. It's so big, and I think as uh, like things become more automated, I don't I don't know that this will necessarily happen in our lifetime. Even you know with this level of automation, or maybe it will. It probably depends on the field, but I think things that can be, I think things that are super specialized and focused will be the first things that matter less because machines can do them better on, in some way. So I think by reading and outside of your domain and learning about other things, I think it just makes you a more effective person, a more sustainable uh, like person. Like you, you're more necessary because you can draw the a lot of it is like, to me, it was like a lot of metaphors. Like it's not even so much about the ability to completely change directions, although you may want to, but I think it just makes your ideas in, in the field that you operate in different and unique because you, you are, you know, connect, making connections that people who say really focus on that thing don't, 
don't make. I think it's really, really fucking important for a lot of reasons. And I also think too, like you said, if you're a fitness person and all of a sudden like you get in some accident and you can't do all the cool shit, you know, like if you lose an, you know, both arms, you know, what the fuck are you going to do now? I guess you could do headstands. <laughs> Be like a headstand guy or some shit, but it's like it, it it would fuck you up. But I think if you have been um, building your brand, uh, whatever, with m- more person, like with as much personality at least as demonstrations of ability, you're in a mm-hmm. better position to be able to zig and zag. You know, I've always mm-hmm. had a really like when people as as far back as I can remember, like I I think I had my last job job when I was like twenty. I got fi- I got fired from every job I ever had, but then once I sort of went out on my own, so I've always had a weird thing about telling people what I do. Like when I'm out, when I was out somewhere, and someone would ask me like, "What do you do?" I would be like, oh, "I I I never said I was a personal trainer, or I never said I was a yoga teacher, or I never said I was anything." I was I would always say I train people, right? Like also like right now I'm training people, or I'm, I, I teach yoga. Like I I never like to label my, my. I think a lot of it was like a confidence issue, you know? Like I just never felt good enough to say I was one of those things, but mm. I also think I just don't like to fucking be boxed in, you know? So I was mm. always just about the, the act, the act, the activity that I do is this, but I'm not that right. because I want to be able to not be that when I, whenever I want, you know? Yeah. And I do know that I, <laughs> cause I've, I've switched a lot of roles in like my last 10 years and as something similar would happen with me where I'd like, Oh, I build websites, you know, like, yep. cause I felt fraudulent to say I was like a web developer. Cause like totally. some other guy would be like, well, I'm a web developer, but I work at LinkedIn and I'd be like, Oh, I just build WordPress sites. And then I started yeah. becoming that like, Oh, what do you do? I build WordPress sites. And like I really cheapened myself down <laughs> <laughs> because it felt fraudulent to me. You know, yeah. it's like, that's, yeah, that's a thing that happens. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that, I mean, I don't know. I think there's something to be said for just not wanting to be stuck in a, in a certain thing, but there's also obviously lots of pros to owning the position you're in and taking, mm-hmm. you know, others that I think, it can go both ways. It's always a good and a bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's some good shit, man. I like that. We can just like get all the good, get all the highlights, you know? Although I know there's way, way, way more highlights and everyone should go listen to the <laughs> podcast, the daily practice and they can find it. I'm all in all. I've listened to everything on Apple, but I assume in other places too. Yeah. They can find it on Spotify, Google play, uh, SoundCloud. And I have it on a few other, few of the other, uh, distribution networks. I forget the exact, you know, where, but they can just like type yeah, it in. They should be able for, to find it. I Google that motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, one of those. Yeah, about the here? daily yeah. practice. They might find like some some church that has one, and then like the daily might come up that like really popular <laughs> podcast. So I was like, fuck. Oh, when I chose the daily practice, the first thing that comes up is like this church, and then the daily from the New York Times, and I'm like, oh, that's a really popular podcast. Okay. I so they should put in the daily practice completely with the spaces <laughs> and everything. Totally. Well, I think even just going to your Instagram, whatever, they'll find links. I mean, people know how to like it's. This it seems like just like a thing that we do on podcasts. You know, like yeah. Tell us where we can find you. It's like motherfucker. They already know how to find people. You know, <laughs> do what I mean? it after every single one too. <laughs> they definitely yeah. have done this before. So yeah, they know how to find you. But that, but that was that, that was legit, dude. Dude, thank you. For sure, man. Thanks for, I guess we'll just end it here. I'll leave this in though. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast, dude. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. This was great. I, Dude, I talked about everything I would want to talk about. So thank you. 
Hell yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how to end these episodes with something that's not, I don't even know if I need an outro, but this is my outro. Um, I just wanted to basically say thanks again for listening and uh, remind you to please rate review because that does help podcast things as far as I'm told. And that's about it. Yeah, you can find Nelson at at Nelson Quadras. Um, you can find me at Ryan Arico, and you can find you whoever the fuck you are. I don't know. But make some random talking videos, start a podcast, do whatever the fuck you haven't been doing because you, you do what you said you were going to do. God damn it. Cool. Later. <laughs>